someone asks you this afternoon or some day at week or school, hey, what was the sermon about on Sunday at your church? You can tell them this short phrase, face-to-face time with God. This morning, we're going to talk about the importance of our spending face-to-face time with God. Last week, we began a sermon series that's going to take us all the way to just about the end of October. And what we're looking at are various ways that we can move forward in our relationship with God. We last week discussed how we don't want to be people that just stay in the same old yard and go through the same old routines that become monotonous and meaningless. Instead, what we want to do is to have a vibrant, dynamic, strong, flourishing relationship with God. And this morning, we're going to talk about how we can take some next steps in knowing God and increasing our intimacy with God. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to them uh, to Exodus chapter 34, please. As you're turning there, I'd like to describe what I mean about face-to-face time with God. When I say that we need to spend face-to-face time with God, I don't mean that we need to set out a personal time in the mornings where we read our Bibles and, and say some words of prayer. And the reason that I'm not defining face-to-face time with God is because there are plenty of people who open their Bibles regularly and scan across the pages, and they whisper some words to God, but they don't really encounter Him. It's just a routine. It's just a habit. It's something that they do that they check off their list without really encountering God. And so, yes, personal time with God and when we read the Bible and when we pray to God is essential for our spiritual health. None of us is ever going to be able to be a strong, devoted follower of Jesus Christ unless we spend time in His Word and prayer. But just because a person scans his eyes across the page and mumbles some words doesn't mean that he's really encountered God in that private, personal time. When I am discussing face-to-face time with God, neither am I talking about the time that we are gathered together in a church building like this one. There are plenty of people who sit on pews every single Sunday. They're regular attenders. But when they walk out the back doors, they're not any different from when they came in through the back doors. And so, yes, what I'm saying is that we need to gather together. We need to offer our worship to God. We need to tune into what he wants to say to us. But just because a person sits in a church building on Sunday mornings doesn't mean that he or she has spent face-to-face time with God. They may simply have completed another religious duty and then are able to move on to the rest of their weeks. When I'm discussing face-to-face time with God... What I mean is that we are in the presence of God and are communing with Him. That we aren't simply doing a religious duty, but we are nurturing our own relationship with God so that we know Him better, we open ourselves to Him more fully, and we become stronger people as a result of that time that we have spent. The passage that we're going to look at together today in the book of Exodus gives us a living example 
of someone who spent face-to-face time with God. And I think these verses have some things to say to us about how we can spend face-to-face time with God. In Exodus chapter 34, beginning in verse 29, the, the biblical context here is that the children of Israel already had left Egypt. God had demonstrated his superiority over the pagan idols of the Egyptians through a series of ten dramatic plagues. And then the Israelites marched out of Egypt and they started heading to the promised land. And as they were going toward the promised land, God said, my people have lived lived as slaves for more than 400 years. When, when they have awakened, people have told them what to do every minute of the day. And so they need a new code of conduct. They need, they need a, a covenant that is going to, to help them understand who I am and who I desire for them to be. And so Moses then was going to go up on top of Mount Sinai and receive this covenant that God wanted to give to them and then to, to come uh, and share it with the people. Well, as Moses was on, up on top of the mountain, the children of Israel rebelled against the Lord. They made a golden calf. They began worshiping it. And when Moses and Joshua came down from the mountaintop, Moses took the stone tablets upon which God had written the Ten Commandments, and he threw them against the golden calf, shattering them and expressing his displeasure. The only problem was the people still needed that code of conduct and covenant. And so Moses ascended the mountain again, and that's where we pick up the story here in verse 29. As Moses descended from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands as he descended the mountain, he did not realize that the skin of his face shone as a result of his speaking with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face shone. It was radiant. It was, it was glowing like I would be if I were to take off my shirt right now. <laughs> Verse 31 says, But Moses called out to them, so Aaron and all the leaders of the community returned to him, and Moses spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near, and he commanded them to do everything the Lord had told him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever Moses went before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. After he came out, he would tell the Israelites what he had been commanded, and the Israelites would see that Moses' face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went to speak with the Lord. This passage talks about Moses' going to spend face-to-face time with God. And I think we can learn some lessons from this passage. First, it's easy to tell who is spending face-to-face time with God. When you start looking at various people's lives, examining, just spending time with them, it's easy to tell who is spending face-to-face time with God. You can tell by the way that God works through their words and actions. You can just tell that he is working in that person. Now, here the children of Israel had a visible, tangible sign that Moses had been spending face-to-face time with God because when Moses came away from his encounter with God, his face was glowing, it was radiant. From the glory of the Lord that Moses had been beholding, his face was radiant. 
Now, we don't have that sign today. We, we can't look at each other's faces and know whether or not a person has been spending face-to-face time with God. I can look at your faces and see whether or not you stayed up until the conclusion of the Mississippi State football game last night. And I'm going to take your sleeping today as the fault of the game, not me. It'll be the first Sunday I have an excuse for that. So we can't do that today. We can't look at a person's face and by the level of its glowing, know whether or not that person has been spending face-to-face time with God. But still, we know, don't we? It's easy to tell who spends face-to-face time with God. And we could prove that in this room this morning. We're not going to do so, but we could distribute pieces of paper throughout this building and ask people to write down the names of three individuals that based on how they live, how they love, what they do, how their lives are surrendered to God, write down the names of three people, three individuals that you are convinced really spend face-to-face time with God. And I'm not saying that the same three names would come up on every single piece of paper turned in. But I'd be willing to bet that a lot of the names would be the same. Because it's easy to tell who is spending face-to-face time with God. And we can turn the coin over, and it's also easy to tell who isn't spending face-to-face time with God. It's easy to see who is a person who simply comes to church or, or checks the box on, hey, I was there on Sunday. It's, it's also very easy to tell who isn't spending face-to-face time with God. All you have to do is watch how they act, watch how they live, watch how they interact with other people, watch their response when they are in stressful circumstances. The children of Israel could tell every single time that Moses had been spending face-to-face time with God. Because when Moses came out, his face was shining. What if God were to do that again? What if God were to say, one day only, I'm going to repeat biblical history. And in the sanctuary of Beersheba Church, I'm going to make people's faces shine based on their level of intimacy with me, based on the level of their relationship with me, the depth of their walk with me. What if God were to say just one time only, I'm only going to do it one other time, but I'm going to do it this morning in this sanctuary. And then we were to turn off all of the lights. We were to cover all of the windows so that this this building would be completely black on the inside except for the light coming from our faces. If God were to say, I'm going to make individuals' faces shine based on their level of intimacy with me. And we were to darken this sanctuary. How brightly would your face shine? Would everyone in the building be able to see you because you would be shining 
like a spotlight. If God were to make our faces shine based on the investment that we make of spending time with Him, would your face look like a flashlight that, that, whose batteries are nearly dead? There's a little glow there. There's a little faint glow, but it's not shining brightly. What if God were to say, one day only, I'm going to make people's faces shine based on how much they know me. Would your face disappear into the blackness? We don't have to have God repeat what he did with Moses because it's easy to tell who spends face-to-face time with God. And it's easy to tell who doesn't. The second thing that I want to show you is that a little bit of face-to-face time with God makes us want more face-to-face time with God. Now, in this passage today, in these verses, we we might think, well, this was a one-time occasion. You know, Moses went up the mountain, and he had this glorious moment. But that was it. But the Scripture doesn't show that. Look at what the Bible says to them Um, there in verse 33. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever Moses went before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil. You see, this, this pattern may have started here in the wilderness journey at Sinai, but Moses regularly would speak with the Lord. He regularly would slip away from other people so that he could be recharged and refueled. And then if you look down in verse 35, the last sentence of the chapter, the Bible says, Then Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went to speak with the Lord. This this really big moment that we have recorded for us here isn't a one-time experience that Moses said, Man, that was wonderful. I loved it. But guys, gather around. Let me tell you what the Lord and I talked about when I was up on top of Mount Sinai. This experience was one of many that Moses began to pursue a deeper relationship with God. A little bit of face-to-face time with God makes someone want more face-to-face time with God. The people who seek God the most are the ones who know Him the best. It seems kind of odd, doesn't it? You would think that the people who seek God the most are the ones who barely know Him. But the the ones who really seek after God are the ones who have begun to discover how wonderful He is, how wide and deep and long and high His grace is, how unfailing His power is. And they have spent some face-to-face time with God. And they want even more. They're unwilling to come into a church building and yawn their way through for an hour. They want to encounter God. They're unwilling to open their, past, their Bibles in the morning and scan over a few verses and say a God bless me prayer today because they want more face-to-face time with God. They thrive on it. They crave it. They desire it. Let me tell you one experience from my high school years to illustrate the point. When I was in the ninth grade at Fifth Street Junior High School in West Point, a new family had moved to town, 
And those two sisters were the most beautiful human beings I had ever seen in my entire life, including the times that I had looked in the mirror. And so one of the girls is, is a year older than I am. One is a year younger than I am. And, and the, I just thought, I have to ask that girl out, the one who was the younger than me. Four years later, I had worked up the courage. <laughs> I had a little afternoon job at our local radio station from 3 o'clock until 7 I was a DJ at WROB AM WKBB FM. And so I would, I would go up there and play my little songs during the afternoon. And on this particular day, I said, I am, I am going to ask Beth out when I get home. And so I sat there. I'm embarrassed to admit this, but this is what I did. I wrote out every part of the conversation because I didn't want there to be any awkward pauses. I didn't want there to be any, hey. How about this weather? I wanted the conversation to flow. And so I had my little, you know, talking points on the conversation. And so I got home, ate a quick bite of dinner went back to my mom and dad's bedroom because they had a telephone back there, and I closed the door. I called the home where Susan, Beth, and Art lived, and Beth answered the phone. And I said, <coughs> Beth? <coughs> and I said, I don't really know if you have any plans after the football game Friday, but I thought maybe we could go get us something to eat and she said, Gary, I would love to. And so, man, I was, what a mighty God. We, sir, I mean, I was so pumped up. And so for the rest of that week, I was walking around on cloud nine. And that Friday night began my little senior year romance. I'm going to tell you what I did every single night of my senior year in high school that was not too cold or too wet. I got on my bicycle. And I rode the four blocks to Broad Street and pedaled slowly past the Shirley home. Now, I could have gotten in a car if I wanted. I had a, a, you know, I'd, I'd had a car to drive, but I didn't want to drive a car. I wanted to be on my bicycle because Beth did her homework on the screened-in porch on the side of their house. And so I would just keep pedaling by. Sometimes it would take me eight or nine loops around the block before she would finally say, Gary, you want to come up here? And I, well, I mean, I got, Wheep! and I would be up on that porch immediately. During the school day, in between classes, I knew her schedule perfectly. And so in between physics for me and chemistry for her, I would race over to where she was. Hey, how's it going? And then I would get back right to my... And all throughout the day, I kept trying to find ways to spend time with her. That's what face-to-face -face time with God does for people. They just keep looking for ways to try to encounter God. They, they don't want to, 
I'm glad that's over. They keep looking for ways to deepen, to strengthen their relationship with God. Now, Beth is married. When I graduated from high school, I didn't want to be one of these uh, college guys still dating a high school girl. I was much too mature for that. And so we parted ways. She married a heart surgeon. He may have put y'all's pacemakers in up there in Tupelo. So, so I don't want anybody to think, you know, that we're on bad terms. I mean, she was heartbroken. But still, a little bit of face-to-face time with God creates a desire in people to say, I just have to know him more. And one of the ways that you and I can gauge our face-to-face time with God is by how much we desire it, how much we crave it. And if we don't, then there's an issue. So we've talked about two ideas so far. First, it's easy to tell who is spending face-to-face time with God, and it's easy to tell who isn't. Second, a little bit of face-to-face time with God makes us want more face-to-face time with God. And then third, face-to-face time with God prepares us to minister to other people. Look at what the Scripture tells us here. When Moses came down the mountain, in verse 31 the Bible says, But Moses called out to them, so Aaron and all the leaders of the community returned to him, and Moses spoke to them. Moses said, look, while I've been up on the mountain, that time with God wasn't just about me. It was also about us. And so leaders, come gather. God has some words that he wants to say to you. And so Moses then taught them what God had said to all the leaders. Verse 32 says, Afterward, all the Israelites came near, and he commanded them to do everything the Lord had told him on Mount Sinai. So Moses said, Now look, God's got a word for everybody. I've been up there. I've been listening to him. I've been paying attention to him. And God has something that he wants to say to you too. Here's what what it is. Then the Bible tells us in verse 34, But whenever Moses went before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. After he came out, he would tell the Israelites what he had been commanded. You see that? Three different times there's a reference to Moses' spending face-to-face time with God and its link to his being able to communicate to the children of Israel. Moses had nothing worthwhile to say to the Israelites until he first met with the Lord. He didn't have the commandments. He didn't have the guidance. He didn't have the the standards that they needed. Moses first had to speak to the Lord so the Lord could speak to him. And then after they had had their time together, Moses was able to go and speak to the rest of the people and say, here's what God wants you to know. It is our spending face-to-face time with God that prepares us to minister to the people who are in our circles of relationships. It is when, when, when we meet with the Lord and He's able to place maybe a word of comfort on our minds and we encounter someone that very day whose life has been broken and we offer the word of comfort that God laid on our hearts earlier that day. Perhaps a person is wrestling with the decision. They're standing at a fork in the road and they genuinely do not know which way to go. Our spending face-to-face time with God 
could lead to the wisdom that they need. And when we encounter them, we're able to share it. We're able to provide it for them. Moses had nothing of any importance to say to the Israelites. Nothing that really could help them until he first met with the Lord. And neither do we. It is our own personal time with God through which God gives us what we need to minister in His name that we're able to serve Him. And so for any person who might be sitting out there today saying, well, I really don't spend face-to-face time with God. I, I really just kind of get through my duties, and, and that's really about all I'm interested in doing, but I'm only hurting myself. I would say to that, you are hurting yourself. There isn't any person's life that is as rich and meaningful, as fulfilled, as flourishing as it could be, as if they simply would meet face-to-face with God. And so, so we do shortchange ourselves. We do miss out on the abundance that Jesus promised in John chapter 10, verse 10. But it isn't just ourselves that we are hurting. We also are hurting all of the people who are in our circles through, uh, that, that God intended to minister to through us. If you are a husband... It isn't just you that you are impacting by your, by your lack of face-to-face time with God. Your wife's life is less than it could be. Because God would want to speak to you so that you could speak to her. He would want to fill you with something that you then could share with her. If you're a mom or a dad... It isn't isn't just your life that suffers by a lack of face-to-face time with God. Also, your children's lives are less than they could because they are missing the overflow of what God would provide so that it can spill out on them. How different would history be without Moses' face-to-face time with God? Where would the Israelites have been had Moses not first said, I need to hear from the Lord so that I can say to you what he wants you to know? How different are the lives of the people in our circles if if we do not spend face-to-face time with God? We need next steps. And so I'd like for you to think through this week What is a next step for me in this face-to-face time with God? If that's our series, Next Steps for Moving Forward, what is a next step for you? Perhaps you would say, I'm going to read a chapter in God's Word every single day this week. That's not something that I typically do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to read it slowly so that I'm able to get the most from it. Perhaps you would say, next Sunday morning... When I awaken, as a family, we're going to get up just a little bit early and we're going to calm everything down so that we can be ready to meet the Lord when we come into this building. 
we want face-to-face time with God. I don't know what the specific next steps for you might be in this area of face-to-face time with God. But I'm confident God will reveal to every sincere seeker what the next steps would be. Philip's going to come and lead us in a closing song of commitment today. And I want to mention, as I do every week, there are a couple of ways that you might want to respond. One, I don't ever, ever assume that everybody in a church building already is a follower of Jesus Christ. And perhaps there's someone today who has questions about how to begin walking with Jesus. I would love to talk with you about how your relationship with God can begin in a split second of repentance and faith. And so if anybody here would like to begin following Jesus because you aren't currently, I'll be here at the front for just a moment. If there's someone who says, Gary, I know that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I do know him, but I am not spending face-to-face time with him. And would you just pray with me? Would you give me some, something practical to do? I'll be glad to talk with you about that as well.